Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Does being professionally successful mean you have to sell your soul? What happens when we do things just to make a buck? And how did a subpoena from the FBI help today's guest reveal his deeper values? Duct Tape Marketing founder John Jantz has written some best-selling business books, and now he's pulling back the curtain to discuss how our deeper values play a role in our success. His book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur is a gift to those of us who want to create alignment between what we believe and how we create value in the world. If you're tired of the typical hyper-achievement BS that passes for business advice, then today's conversation will be a breath of fresh air. Welcome to The New Man. Today we're talking with John Jantz. He's the author of several best-selling books, including Duct Tape Marketing. He's got a new book called The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. 366 daily meditations to feed your soul and grow your business. You can learn more by visiting ducttapemarketing.com. John, good to see you again. Hey, yeah. Great to see you again, Trip. Yeah. For those listening, he interviewed me yesterday for his uh, podcast, Duct Tape Marketing. So we're, we're uh, you know, we're big, deep friends now. We go back exactly. a long way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we even, even got to chat about uh, a little mountain town in Colorado that we both uh, have in common. That's right. Yeah. Got to come back to my uh, my Colorado time there. So um, I've loved going through this new book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. I've got a lot of reasons why I'm enjoying it. Um, but first, if I'm imagining I'm somebody listening to this and they're kind of like, all right, clock's ticking. Why should I care? Why should I care about right. being self-reliant? I'm an entrepreneur. I want to know what's going to give me an edge in my business. So let's meet him where he is. What's What does it mean to be self-reliant? What are you talking about there? Well, f- well, first I'll give you the what's in it for me is, is I firmly believe that uh, entrepreneurs build a better business when they build a better you, <laughs> when they build a better themselves. Um, and that's, you know, I think entrepreneurship is probably the greatest personal development program ever created, you know, if we choose to, to see it as such. So uh, the, this book, um, you know, I wrote really is, is in a lot of ways, uh, an answer to kind of my own journey, or at least a reflection on my own journey. I've owned my own business for about 30 years and 
you know, really taken a lot of, of time and energy and, and thought um, and perspiration into, into, you know, trying to be more self-aware, trying to develop myself, you know, as, as a way to not only get better, but as, as a way to grow my business. And, and for, let's face it, you know, in some cases survive, you know, some of what it takes to, uh, uh, to be an entrepreneur. So the self-reliant part, um, you know, I, I wish I could be more compact in my answer here, but I, there, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, please <laughs> the, the do. Self, the, the, the self-reliant part or of the title borrows from Ralph Waldo Emerson's uh, um, essay that many entrepreneurs are familiar with, or at least they've seen on Pinterest boards quoted, <laughs> um, called self-reliance. Um, and I think that you know, a lot of times I, I first have to tell people what I don't mean by that. I mean, a lot. Of, if you Google the term self-reliance. Or self-reliant, you're going to see some websites that talk about, you know, killing your own food and building your own house, and you know, not depending on anyone. And any entrepreneur who's, who's, you know, achieved any level of uh, success, you know, realizes they cannot do this on their own. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely not uh, about that. I think it's more about trusting yourself and what what you are trying to accomplish, or at least what you think you're trying to accomplish today, um, so thoroughly that you're not. <laughs> You're not swayed by other people's success or Facebook posts or or even doubts. You know, I mean, we we've all probably had somebody in our life at some point say, "Why are you doing that? You know, can't, right. can't you get a can't you get a job? You know, <laughs> you, you I thought you were going to be a doctor. Uh, you know, all those kind of things that that go on. And, and I think that that you know we're swayed by them unless we develop a level of of trust in our own ideas and our or at least our own journey, um, so that we stay true to it. It's such a big deal. I I know that, you know, so many of the kind of quote business books that I come across, they're very tactical. They also seem to be rather heartless. They, they, they don't really get into some of this. If it's mindset oriented, it's more like the grit type thing. And you just got to kind of cut yourself off from your doubts and your fears and just keep going. But there's what you're pointing to here with, with so much of this is like, no, we want to embrace that. And we also just don't want to let the doubts and the fears and the stuff get in our own way. We want to be bigger than that. We want to feed that part that's bigger, uh, feed that that stronger wolf, so to speak. Um, you know, as you as you talk about the path of personal growth, I moved out to Boulder uh, years ago, sold my business, and you know, became a personal growth junkie. I mean, I was doing all these wacky retreats, and it was all very personally oriented. And I thought I identified myself as this like guinea pig, as somebody's really willing to put myself through the ringer personally and spiritually to do these things. And then when it became time to really put my both feet in and build my business, I found that that was the path that really cooked me, that really transformed me, that really challenged me much more than any kind of retreat or, you know, thing that I subjected myself to on a personal level. And I see that, you know, when I see other entrepreneurs going along this path, I wonder how often they, they realize that they're on a transformational path, that they are on this this, that they're going to change who they are on a, on a fundamental level if this really if they're really on this path you know I I, I would like to say that uh, that a lot do but I think I think the reality is most of us you know it's it's hindsight <laughs> you know a lot of what I what I wrote in this book about you know my journey and learning and you know my path and and my you know whatever nuggets of wisdom I might offer a lot of them come in hindsight, you know, you, you make mistakes, you have something happen and, and, you know, how you respond to that, uh, how you recover from that is, is really where the learning is <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of times. And I think sometimes, I mean, I, 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 you know, over the course of my career, you know, I've definitely had 
big aha moments, you know, where I, where I can point to and say, yeah, I, this was a major milestone. This was a change. Uh, this was a, you know, I, I structure the book around seasons. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have multiple seasons that, that sort of cycle around. And, uh, but I also think a lot of times it's, it's sort of this residual growth that just builds up over time and, and you start, witnessing your thought, your thoughts, you start saying, Oh, I remember how that went last time. You know, mm-hmm. I can, I can handle that in a much more evolved way <laughs> now. Um, and I think that's where, you know, I, I, I hate to say it. I, I don't, I don't think you read a book and find that. I think it's a practice. Yeah, I think it is. And I think there is an element of self-awareness there. It also comes back to challenging this idea about how things are supposed to go. Right. So sure. How many books are out there like, here's the three steps for this or the five steps for this. And it's supposed to be this linear process. Whereas when we tap into it, it's very cyclical and it's nonlinear. And a lot of times we have to go down a rabbit hole and, you know, oh man, that, that was a mistake. But then we realize years later, that was not a mistake. That was such a gift that I went down that road. And, and uh, you know, the wisdom traditions point, point us to this. They, they, they help us see how we can glean, you know, pull the gold out of this stuff. But Oftentimes, I don't know if it's just in this kind of very masculine way of going through business and expecting things to be very linear. And I must be doing it wrong if I'm in this position and those guys are doing it right. Um, I love that you're introducing these concepts here and just say, wait a second, there's there's seasons, there's cycles. There's it does. It's not always going to be ABC one, two, three. Well, I I tell you, the the number one um, practice, I'm going to give anybody any advice (laughs) is to, to, to realize that there's so few things we can actually control. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's where people get very, very stuck. You know, it's like, here's the path I'm going down. Here's the plan. Here's our Q3 objectives. (laughs) You know, it's like, and I know how we're going to get there. Well, no, you don't, (laughs) you know? And, and I think that, that if we can start to let go and, and think, you know, the only two things I think we can control at all is how we show up and how we respond to what happens. Um, and I, and I think that, um, a lot of entrepreneurs get really wound up and stressed out about, no, it's supposed to go this way. And I, again, you know, experience, uh, longevity, uh, a lot of times will teach you. I mean, I'm sure you've had this happen. I know I've had it happen. Something that you wanted to make happen didn't happen. You're really disappointed. And what it did is it opened a door for something much more magical to happen. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that happens enough times and you start to go, Oh, well maybe that thing wasn't supposed to do that. You know, maybe this is the path I'm still going to get to where I'm trying to go. It's just a different way. It seems like it's easy to have this really polarized view of, okay, I'm going to predict the future. I'm going to know how step five is going to work out. And that can be rather soul crushing when the reality of life comes along but it kind of throws us into another, it can throw us into another place, which is, well, then I should just give up. I should just go with the flow. And it, yeah. where in, in actuality, there's more of a balance here, which is I have my intention, I have my sail, I have my rudder, but there's going to be storms along yeah. the way. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how, how can we have an intention to go somewhere knowing that there, the unknown is coming? Well, I, I, one of the core topics of the book, and and it's actually broken into twelve months. I don't think we've talked about that. It's actually a daily, you know, calendar book. Um, and one of the, the each book or each month has a theme, and one of the uh, core themes is resilience. And I think that that's 
probably the 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 most successful entrepreneurs um the most positive people <laughs> that you encounter in your life uh probably uh have a little more of the resilience gene uh than than some other folks because um it, they're able to instead of saying oh this didn't work or i'm no good or i failed or this is a bad idea uh they are i think able to reframe it as something you know not global uh, but something very specific uh, no this you know this idea or this iteration or this target market you know wasn't um, you know what I thought you know it was going to be so what did I learn from that and I think that um, you know 2020 you know certainly awakened many many people I think to the the need for resilience um, in in ways that maybe had gone dormant um, but I, I do think that that's you know that's the trait if you will that that we need to really focus on developing. You know, you and I talked yesterday on your podcast about this notion of proving, and I find that the thing that gets in the way of this resilience piece is if X happens, then yeah. it was personal. It was because I, sure. I'm a failure. I'm yeah, a screw right. up. I've always been a screw. There's these deep seated, deep fears sure. that, and stories that we carry around with us. And so I, what I'm starting to tease out here is this idea is that let's expect things to happen, that, it, that if we follow the steps, even if we follow the steps perfectly stuff is still going to come along that we couldn't have planned for. And we might fail. It might not yeah. go the way that we want it to, but it doesn't mean that it has to be personal or that it's a yep. reflection of us, you know, being inadequate or not enough or getting into that comparison game here. And so is that, is that the key to this resilience that you're talking about? Is like, if, as long as I make it personal, yeah, then yeah. I'm always going to kind of be stuck in this trap and working against myself. But if I can start to see it another way, maybe I can, okay, that happened. What can I learn from it? Let's go from there. Yeah, there, there's no question that 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 is the the real trick to it is it's just a thing. It's not you know it's not me. Uh, but but I will tell you uh, another thing that and, and I don't know if this is just me or uh, but you know over the years I you know you, you want everything to go easy. You want it to just be smooth. Uh, but there's sometimes not a whole lot of excitement in that. Um, to me, um, when 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 challenge shows up is actually when I get far more engaged. Mm. <laughs> and, and I think that that, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are that way. In fact, sometimes if it's too easy, we, we do mediocre work and we, you know, we get bored with it. Um, so I'm not saying that I go out looking for ways to stress myself out, or, but, but I, you know, I, I get more excited when there's a problem to solve. Yeah. I, I like that. It comes back to, I, I'm actually understanding that we're, that we are happiest or we're, we're most energized and most alive when there's a bit of challenge there. There's the part of our brain that always wants to be comfortable and never wants to be bothered. Yeah. And we just kind of shrink into that life that gets smaller and smaller. But if we're ultimately wanting to experience aliveness, it's like, well, I want to, I need a little bit of a challenge. I, if I'm a dragon slayer, I need a dragon around here from time to time. It doesn't mean we go seek out you know, places where we put ourselves in too much danger, there's a balance there, but, but it is like, oh, cool. I've got a good challenge here and I can, I want to sink my teeth into this. And I would suggest that, you know, I've talked to lots and lots of entrepreneurs and, and at some point, you know, you're going to feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're in a rut. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, the way out of that is to say, okay, how, what can I do to push myself? Uh, a little bit. And, and that, you know, when I first got started speaking, uh, for example, um, you know, I'd written about things that I, and I'd done things that I knew quite well. Um, but I started proposing, uh, as I got more confident, I started proposing uh, speaking topics that I wanted to talk about, but quite frankly, I was going to have to 
figure out. <laughs> I was going to have to learn. Um, and so just little goofy things like that, I think, um, are, are really a, a requirement if you want to continue to grow. I'm hearing you talk about like, well, here's the thing that I do in order to be successful. And then here's the thing over here that I'm actually curious about that I feel drawn towards. Yeah. And sometimes the, the, that can feel like a threat. Wait a second. Let's stay with what we know. Let's stay in our lane. Let's not rock the boat a bit. You know, when it came to my my first business, you know, back in the, when was that? That was the late nineties and early two thousands. I felt really fragmented. I felt like there was this version of me that I had to show up and be. And, you know, in order to just have my business and who my clients expected me to be. But secretly I was reading these personal growth books and philosophy books and, and spirituality and going on meditation retreats. And I felt like there were these two worlds. I felt really yeah. fragmented here. Here you come with this book and there's this blend of, Hey, we're going to talk about these deeper topics. And then we're going to also find a way to relate them to business. I'm curious what your path, what, did you ever feel fragmented? Like there were these two worlds or have you always been willing to entertain both and see how they benefited both? No, I, you know, again, I have to, I have to think back. So in hindsight, I would say that I initially felt that I, you know, my, my journey started, uh, uh towards this path actually started, uh, after an FBI, uh, grand jury subpoena. Um, and, what was uh, that? What happened there? Oh, no, we, it's not it's a story. We can tell that another day. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, you know, I, I, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I started my business, no plan, no, you know, it's like I could hustle work and, you know, I could get clients. And, uh, um, so after a few years in it, I, you know, I had a nice business going and, um, uh, one of my clients, I'll make the story short. One of my clients was actually being, um, actually committed a, uh, you know, federal felony, hmm. um, in their business. I had nothing to do about it, do with it, but you know, they, they just looked at their books and said, well, let's talk to everybody that's doing business with them. Yeah, um, wow. so, for, so fortunately I didn't, but I always tell people, but did I know they were doing something a little, <laughs> a little funny? Um, you know, in my heart, yes, I did. Um, and you know, the, 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 the reality was for me, that was a moment to say, wait a minute, you know, how did I get here? This isn't me. Um, you know, I, I'm, you know, from, from this day forward, you know, I remember thinking, you know, I'm, I'm never going to work with a client that, that I don't respect that we don't share, uh, values. And, and what is that going to have to mean? You know, first mm -hmm. off, it's going to mean I have to get really solid about mine. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and so that was the moment that really changed my business, uh, but it also, I think, started me on a personal journey um, towards uh, uh, much more awareness, much more, you know, what are practices I need to start um, developing or habits I need to start developing so that uh, that I can um, not only bring more joy to my my work, but but really, you know, certainly not find myself in a position that's going to threaten my family. Um, so uh, so that, you know. That was 20 plus years ago uh, now, 25 years ago almost yeah. now. Um, and so that was really the start of my personal journey, you know, down, you know, some of uh, um, some of the literature that I cite uh, throughout this book, um, uh, the practice of a daily morning, you know, ritual and routine, uh, you know, was something uh, I, I'm not sure if you're, I'm sure you're, many of your listeners are familiar with Julia Cameron's uh, The Artist's Way um, that introduced me to the idea of morning pages and journaling. Uh, so I have a very kind of... Um, long and drawn out <laughs> morning ritual, especially after the kids uh, grew up, it got a lot easier to, to, to take that time. Um, so, uh, a really long answer to your question. I'll, I'll wrap it up with, with the, uh, the idea that I kind of wrote this book, uh, 
you know, for myself uh, because it fit into my practice. And I think that it's uh, it's a really wonderful thing that a lot of these, you know, talking about spirituality and, you know, in, in the context of a, you know, professional uh, podcast uh, business, I, you know, I think is an amazingly wonderful thing that, that was probably a little off limits or um, kind of kept in uh, some small corners uh, of, of the internet, you know, when it first uh, kind of cropped up, but it's a beautiful thing that uh, um, I think people realize that, that, you know, entrepreneurship is, and, and life is, is about a balance of mind, body, and spirit. I love that you're bringing that. And I find that that fragmentation is painful, right? When we know that over on this side of the page that I might be reading these books, or I might be having these conversations or even just thinking about these certain things, but then we make a deal with ourselves and say, well, wait a second, I just got to go make a buck. And then we yeah, feel yeah. out of integrity, even yeah. if we're not doing anything legally wrong. There's just an aspect of like, I think this guy's, you know, my client's business is BS and it, I, I don't like, I don't stand up for that, but I got to do it just to make a buck. And, yeah. and there's this, we can believe that fear that says, if I don't do this, then I'll die. Right. That's the survival yeah, yeah. instinct in us is like, we have to do this just to survive. And, and, uh, but the more that we strengthen this resolve, the more that we strengthen this these values, it's so much harder to do the things that are out of alignment with our values, to be out of integrity. And I think that that's a good thing uh, to come back to. And I think it does make our work better over time. If we're playing a long game, then it's going to come down to those relationships and that trust. And I'd, I'd personally rather work with somebody who has that instilled in them instead of knowing they'll do just whatever it takes to make a buck. Well, and I think a lot of people have realized too, that, that, you know, wearing your beliefs on your sleeve is actually uh, polarizing. Right. Um, so in some cases, and we need that, <laughs> uh, you know, because you, like you said, it's much easier to attract somebody who, who shares those values. If, if you've made those values uh, known and, and by the same token, if that turns somebody off, that's probably not somebody that would have been a great relationship for you to engage in. Yeah. I, you know, when I work with some of my clients, they've been in that place where they've been hiding out or waiting yeah. and, and they've been in that safe place where they don't really stand out in the world, but now they've got something to say, they've got something they want to bring. And they're scared. They're scared to do that polarization piece. And they think they often think polarizing means go out and make people hate you. Like there's an active element of just going out and being like, I have to say something to get under people's skin. It's like, no, just go speak to the ones that you really want to help. That's right. And That's they'll right. say, oh, here's my guy. He, I, he's, yeah. he's saying what I want to say. And the other people will just be like, oh, this guy's not my guy. I don't particularly, we're not aligned. I'll, I'll yeah. keep looking elsewhere. But there's this big fear. We're more scared of who am I going to piss off or who am I going to push away instead of right. who's going to come knocking on the door and saying, I'm so grateful you're doing this work. Yeah. So, um, one of the, uh, I've again, read probably maybe as many self-development books as you, uh, but, uh, you know, one of, one of, uh, Zig Ziglar's, you know, kind of things was that, that, uh, um, you know, you, I think it actually came out in some sales training, um, more plainly, um, later that I read, but that you want fast nose, um, in, in business, you know, you, you don't want the mm. worst thing in sales you can have is a maybe, <laughs> you know, that, that if, if something's not right, if you don't have the right approach, if you're not connect, you know, if you're not aligned, you want to know that quickly rather than, you know, six months later, uh, when, you know, everybody's in pain. Right. Right. Yeah. Well said. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, some of the voices that are in this, in this sure, book. Sure. Uh, you primarily focus on the transcendentalists. Um, who were these people? What, what did they kind of give us a sense of those, of who these folks yeah. were? 
So, so the first thing I have to clear up is have no, nothing to do with transcendental meditation. Um, that's a common, common misperception, but uh, it was a label really applied to some writers and and thinkers and um, at the time, you know, countercultural revolutionaries um, in the mid nineteenth century. Um, and it was a time period. If you think about what was going on in America, at least at the time, um, we were on the cusp of the, of a civil war. Uh, women were just starting to to you know speak up about the right to vote and marching in the streets, and and we were trying to uh, abolish the legal act of human slavery. So it was really the first countercultural period in, in America, and it showed up in certainly in the literature at uh, the time. You had some very overt voices like Ralph Waldo Emerson and, and Henry David Thoreau who were you know saying, hey, maybe, maybe we shouldn't listen to our parents. and you know, Maybe we don't need to listen to those preachers and, and the people that came before us. Maybe we need to start thinking for ourselves. And, and I, I think there's a really good reason that that literature has stood the test of time. And, and you even think about the, um, the, the works of fiction. You know, at that time, it was the first time you had characters, um, you know, Little Women, Scarlet Letter, Moby Dick, you know, all books that we were asked to read um, and still are asked to read in many cases in high school and college. It's the first time you had a protagonist that was saying, hey, this may cost me everything, but I have to be true to me. And and I just I think that that still today, 150 years later, that is some of the best entrepreneurial uh, advice uh, going. And I think there's a really a reason people are still asked to read Walden uh, in high school. Yeah. How are these, how is this different from the Stoic movement? You know, there's been this resurgence. Sure, sure. There's a lot of people are yeah. really excited about Stoics as of late. And so uh, how can you compare and contrast those two? Um, I think the biggest thing, well, obviously timeframe, um, um, you know, the Stoics were, were, you know, uh, thousand years, uh, more than thousand years, almost 2000 years earlier, uh, than, uh, the transcendentalists. Uh, there's no question that transcendentalists were informed by, uh, Stoicism, certainly by uh, Eastern um, um, spiritual traditions. I mean, that shows up. And there's, I, I, to me, I see the biggest difference is that Stoicism, I think, is more about individualism, whereas I think um, transcendentalism was more about connectedness. Um, there's, there's no question that that you know Ralph Waldo Emerson, you know, very much drew from the. Um, probably from the uh, you know the Buddhist uh, writings uh, uh, about this idea that all living things and all in fact you know Thoreau or Thoreau took it even farther to say you know all, all living things including plants and <laughs> and trees and whatnot are, are connected in this kind of big giant soup and I think that that's you know that that um, you know, leads to a lot of the the self-reliance idea being about, you know, not only trusting yourself, but also having, you know, because of that, having a great deal of empathy for others. So I think that uh, Ryan Holiday is a good friend of mine. Um, we both have the same literary agent um, and he uh, wrote a book called The Daily uh, Stoic. Um, and I I mean, I kind of laughingly say, I hope I don't turn your audience off here, but it it's a little more bro-ish, uh, <laughs> frankly, than, than the self-reliant entrepreneur. I think the, the self-reliant entrepreneur is a little more, you know, how can we do this all together? I, I really appreciate that. I always thought like, yeah, show me a stoic when he's having an argument with his wife. I want to see that. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly his yeah. ideals, I, I imagine some of them are going to kind of go out the window when he's got to get into, into a really we, you know, a, a relationship yeah. aspect. Like, yeah, if you live alone up on the hill somewhere, stoicism's awesome. But coming down here and be in relationships and stoicism starts to show its cracks a bit. So not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, a lot, a lot yeah, of yeah. great stuff in there. But I, I do appreciate what you're bringing with from the transcendentalists. I also uh, echo, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Taoism and, and this understanding the relationships between nature and how they just show up naturally in our own life. And somehow 
Like why would, why would there suddenly be this, you know, line between what happens naturally all around us in the, in the physical yeah. world and, and then our own, our own world and our own businesses. And you still, so having a wisdom, being able to look at these yeah. cycles and these seasons and to recognize, okay, where's this happening? Where are these patterns going to show up in my own life? It, it seems like the transcendentalists were able to ex, uh, kind of incorporate that as well. Oh, and I, I think I'm going to really go off the deep end here, but, you know, I think we as a species, humans as a species, have just over-evolved, frankly, um, you know, because of, <laughs> In some ways. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah but, but I mean, but, but we've lost touch with that. Um, you know, I, I love some of the first people's, you know, traditions um, of, you know, how important the land and how important nature and how important, you know, every player, you know, had a role to play and, and uh, that we're all in this, you know, big relationship dependent upon each other. And we've lost a lot of that, I think. I think so. And I think, you know, when I talk to, I've, I've talked to so many quote successful guys and they say, you know, so many of my victories are hollow. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's because they've lost touch or they've lost connection with what is substantial in their lives. So they've gone out and done these things, but, but it's like, yeah, when, when things feel hollow, we've disconnected ourselves from the things that fill us up naturally. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, if you want to have victories that actually mean something. I think we have to reconnect with the natural world, with our relationships, with all the things that if you were to take them away in a moment's notice, our, all the wins wouldn't mean anything at all. Yeah. Well, you, you and I were talking about, cause you can, you can kind of see out my windows, some lodgepole pines and snow. And, and, you know, I, I, I could be totally wrong on this, but I challenge anybody to go, go out back, you know, a place like this and sit under a tree and not feel a little better. <laughs> I yeah. really do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is, there is something, you know, physical about it. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, you, you can, you know, you can write about it and talk about it and, you know, consider it some sort of spiritual practice, but I think there is a, a natural physical element to it. There's no question in my mind. I'm glad you're, you're, you know, beating the drum for this. Um, so many that I know are in this thing, like I'll get to that one day. One day right. I'll appreciate the natural world. One day I'll spend more time in my relationships. One day I'll take better care of my body. But for right now, you know, I've got to make things happen. And we get into this false sense of everything is about survival when in actuality we're doing just fine. Um, and so I love that you're saying, hey, wait a second, let's not lose the bigger picture here. Let's reconnect with these things and it'll make us stronger. It'll make it'll make us stronger in, in the in the challenges that we face. Well, I think I think the real key is is you know a lot of that comes from lack. Like if I don't do this, what you know, I'll miss out this opportunity. This won't happen. I won't you know occur. I won't accomplish this. And I, I think that um, that you know a lot of this writing is about you know no wait a minute. There's so much abundance. You know mm. that that you know that you know doing things and acting from a place of lack is you know is robbing you of your joy. And if you realize that 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 you know there's so much, you know, that, and, and you are enough, <laughs> yeah. you know, right now, then I, I think that you can, you can sit back and enjoy the ride a little more. Yeah. So yeah. What I'm hearing there is, uh, what if there really isn't a monster under the bed? Like, right. yeah, there might be some things I need to handle, but what if it, it doesn't mean that everything's about to fall down or burn down? Uh, what if I didn't have anything to prove? Suddenly we can tap into that bigger part of ourselves and bring more strength instead of believing that, you know, we're in this place of lack, as you say. And, and uh, yeah. I think when we're in that place of lack that we justify doing things that go against our values, go against our body, go against our relationships, we betray ourselves in those places. So we're yeah. kind of back no here, full circle. No question. So I wonder if you, if, um, uh, we've kind of talked around the, 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 the book. I wonder if you wouldn't mind if I read today's. 
Yeah. Uh, it takes about 90 seconds. Please do. <laughs> um, and I think that more than anything else, that will sort of help people go, oh, that's what the book's about. So Let's do it. It's, it's really three parts. We've talked about this transcendentalist literature. So every day um, I source some reading from um, over, I don't know, I need to count one of these days, but probably 100 or so uh, authors. And, and that actually was very, very fun for me to just do the research uh, for the book. Uh, I really got in some texts I knew, of course, but I discovered a lot of people I'd never heard of. Uh, a lot of women authors, you know, that – really uh, uh, were not household names because, again, they were, you know, they had to write in darkness, you know, at, yeah. at the time. Wow. Um, uh, and then I kind of riff on, uh, uh, you know, that day's reading. And then I uh, leave you with a question every day. And uh, so it really does fit into this format does fit into. And a lot of people have shared with me that they they do pick it up every morning. It just kind of gives them uh, something to think about that day. So uh, we're going to uh, <clears throat> Edgar Allan Poe was actually not uh, considered a transcendentalist. He actually made fun of the transcendentalists, um, you know, at the time, but he was a writer from that period. And I love Edgar Allan Poe's work. So uh, I did put him in here too. So uh, we are recording this January 12th. The title is Your Own Crazy. Had the routine of our life at this place been known to the world, we should have been regarded as madmen, although perhaps as madmen of a harmless nature. So that's from his Murders of the Rue Morgue, 1841. Entrepreneurs possess their own special brand of crazy, and that's just fun. Truly self-reliant entrepreneurs bear more resemblance to artists than the traditional business person. To make something out of nothing requires equal parts hallucination and determination. It's no coincidence, then, that terms like lean and canvas abound in the startup literature. Artists, like entrepreneurs, struggle for many reasons, but often it's because they determine to stay true to their vision when it would be so much easier to just get a job and collect pay. Today, wear your badge of madness proudly, although do no harm. Your question for today, what's one time when you did not stay true to your vision or word for fear of looking foolish? Gosh. I'll answer it right now. Yeah, I did it for years. <laughs> I did it for years in my first business. So, you know, this is the way that I got to do my business. I can't have these types of clients. I can't have, I can't do this kind of work. If I go down this road, I'll go broke. You know, yes. people think I'm crazy. People think I'm, I'm weird or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely happened. I think it comes up, gosh, every six months, there's some version of bumping up against that fear. If I were to really lean into who I'm about and what I'm about, you know, everything will fall apart. There's that yeah. lack. I know that, that that you've written a lot about that idea of uh, we make a lot of decisions about you know how it will look you know or who you know how people will think about us you know as as opposed to you know the impact we're trying to make. Yeah, I also love that you that you touched on the the artistry aspect of this. You know, I went to art school. I, I have an art background, and I but I, I come across a lot of folks that have more of a competitor at you yes. know approach to to this work, and it always baffles me. It's like how is this competition? when we're really helping you bring what is unique to you and your unique vision to the world, there's, there is no other, if we're doing this right, there is no, we're really focusing on the thing that makes it unique instead of like the other one. When I, I'm not want to help you make a Wendy's to their McDonald's. Let's have you do your thing really well out here in the world. But, uh, but I, I understand and appreciate that, that, that folks get off on the competitive thing, but it's always been about creativity and art for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Wonderful. John Jantz, uh, you can find the self-reliant entrepreneur. Where, where, where's the best way to get it? Pretty, pretty much any anybody that sells uh, uh, sells books. I always like to make plugs for the, that local bookstore. If you're going to order it anyway, um, do you know do it do it there? Uh, shout out to Rainy Day Books in uh, Kansas City area. My favorite little 
independent bookstore. Um, but uh, there are certainly uh, the digital version as well as uh, you can, if you want to listen to me in your head uh, every day reading, <laughs> you can get the uh, audible version as well. Wonderful. All right. And your website is ducttapemarketing.com. Is that right? Uh, that's right. That's right. D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing.com. Thank you so much, John. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Oh, me too, Trip. Thanks. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.